Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me. We are live on LinkedIn right now. It's 3.55 and some change. I'm L. Michelle Smith. I'm your executive and business coach and the host and executive producer of the Culture Soup podcast. And this is our Coaching Corner episode that airs every second Tuesday and in 2020 on the fourth Tuesday as well. We go live on LinkedIn, and then later we stream on all the places you get your best podcasts. And I'm grateful to every last one of you for listening and streaming and downloading and making sure that we were in the top ranks in the U.S., in the U.K., and in other countries. We are now heard in 38 countries, and that means every continent around the globe. Today, we're going to talk about how to get more clients fast. And this is mainly important to small businesses. There are some major enterprise professionals out there that may be looking for some tips here and there. You probably already have this covered. But we're going to look for ways to infuse cash into our business and infuse capital quickly. And you know what? I'm rearranging the show today. Typically, we go off the top with the soup. And then we do the 15-minute coach. And then we do the deep dive where I bring on someone who can talk a little bit more about the topic. Well, today we're going to do the deep dive first. Excited because I have Jalen Bledsoe. He is the chairman of the Bledsoe Collective. He is 21 years old. That would not be important if it wasn't for how much money he's made since becoming a CEO of this company and chairman. And he made his first million at the age of 15. By the time he was 16, he had $3 million in the bank. So you don't just have to take it from me. Take it from Jalen. And I think he's here. We're going to go there now. Hey, Jalen. How are you doing? How are you? Awesome. Let me put my headset on so I can hear you. Thanks for coming on a little bit early. Of course. Thanks for having me. So, you know what? I told everybody just a little bit about you. A little bit. You know, the headline. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It took you a bit to get where you're going. And I think people will be in a good place if they knew your background. You, You didn't come from a lot of money. I know. I always say I was I, I, I was poor. That's first and foremost. But there's one part of, about my story that I get confused at. I was also fat. And I don't understand how I was both poor and fat because apparently I can afford food. But yeah, over there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the wrong ones. There was something in there about a Snickers, right? Yeah, it was uh, frozen, frozen Twix. OK. Frozen Twix. <laughs> so, yeah, you came from modest means, a single parent household uh, yes. with few siblings, right? I'm the eldest of nine today. Right. Okay. So how did you go from being in that position to being 15 years old and a millionaire? You made your first million when you were 15. Yes. So my first company was actually, well, there's two companies that were significant. My first company, which people don't often know about, I was in third grade and it was a grass company. 
Um, and as that chubby kid, I decided I wanted to, you know, make money that summer. I cut grass one time, uh, realized it was not for me. You know, again, I was, I was overweight and, uh, I had my friends and I had, you know, contractors that were actual people who cut grass come out and I paired them with, um, with, you know, those who needed their grass cut. And I made $6,000 that summer. Wow. They're great. And jumping forward to, um, it's middle school. My, my second company was an IT well, web design company mm-hmm. and I was building websites for clients. And that company, I started with a hundred dollars that taught me how to read, how to program languages. Mm-hmm. I spent a hundred dollars on books when borders was closing down for dummies a, books, right? A, a lot of for dummies books. <laughs> I had a four teens book in there too. Uh, wow. PhD for teens. And I began to find clients at first. Everyone was my, my mom, my dad, my cousin, my aunt, my distant cousin who was a rapper, you know, everyone had a website. It was like, I'm getting this out there. I had to get my name out there. And as a result, we began to get clients who wanted to pay us mm-hmm. or pay me uh, for their work. Wow. Okay. So at 15, you make your first million, but yeah. this show is really about getting clients quickly mm-hmm. and avoiding the debt pitfalls. Sometimes you can plan for debt. It's not a bad thing to take it on. Some do, people do. do everything but thinking. Doing okay. everything but that's debt. Um, but, you know, for me, the, one of the most important parts was getting clients. And I think today when I look back at that journey, it came through relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, every client that I had was a a, um, a connection by another previous happy client mm-hmm. um, or by someone who couldn't be a client, but they had someone in their network. And so I've always started with the question, you know, how can I help you? Not looking for a way to sell them, right. but being authentically and genuinely open to seeing how I can support someone. And it's funny because some of my largest contracts today um, as a consulting firm have come from years of me doing a free speaking event mm. or volunteering my time or me just saying, how can I help you? Right. You know, it's funny. One of my clients right now is AT&T and, you know, that came through meeting you. Shout out and, to the globe. Come on, shout out to the globe. <laughs> and um, that came through meeting you, which came through me saying yes to a free event for a friend mm-hmm. that I met during a free event four years ago. Yeah. And so it's just so much when it comes down to focusing on relationships and the quality of that, that can help drive authentic and really high quality clients. Um, but you know, again, I've never in my life had debt. You know, the only debt I have is debt that I, that I have leveraged against my own cash. That's wow. it. Wow. And that's, um, that's key. You have taken client revenue, reinvested in the business, right? But yes. it sounds like the key to that is getting really good clients, not cheap ones. I, I, I am I am a firm believer of the word no. Um, you know, at our at our firm, we actually have clients apply to work with us, and so there's never a time where I'm going out and pitching a client. Mm-hmm. Um, they come to us with a need or or an issue. Uh, we'll vet whether or not we believe we can support that, and then we'll start conversations. And in that conversation is the price, and I believe there has to be enough margin and what we charge for it to make sense. And that margin is what I can invest back into the business to make sure that we can grow and scale faster. Yeah, there's something in this for small business owners, even people who aren't. If you are in corporate and you're <laughs> selling, even if you're selling yourself, mm-hmm. you don't undercut your value. There's power in the word no. There's power in understanding what you need to charge. And I think sometimes one thing I learned in the speaking world, so a big part of my journey, you know, you have the consulting side from IT, then we moved to marketing, then we moved to operations consulting. In that journey, I began to do a lot of speaking. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, when I first started speaking, I was charging $500, $1,000, and I was traveling and spending all this time and energy. And um, I did an event once for a group in, in North Carolina. And they called me and said, hey, what's your budget? The first time I started with that question in my entire kind of journey of building. 
and he said ten thousand dollars. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was charging a thousand interest, and so now my new price is ten because yes. someone else brought their brought their perception of my value to me, and I had to kind of understand it from that perspective. So I also start with each one of my conversations, you know, outside of the consulting world, with what's your budget, because it helps me understand are they in line with what I can charge. Mm-hmm. Um, most importantly, I can also mark up. So one thing I did with that group that you know said ten thousand dollars, I added on twenty five percent. Yes, just just to add on that leverage for um, negotiation power. Absolutely, that was a lesson for me too. The first time I gave a fee to someone and they did not blink, and they said, "Oh yeah, we'll pay that." And I was like, "Wait, I probably should have charged more." And I'm talking four figures, you know. And you don't know that you can charge five until you know, right? And some people come in wanting to undervalue their services because, oh, I haven't done this before. But you need to balance that with the value that you bring in your expertise and what the market is like, right? And, and most importantly, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And so if you've never been at that level and you've never seen those size of deals, you don't know that you can charge that amount of money. I, I remember one of my biggest eye-openers in my journey of speaking um, you know, in the world of clients, this was probably three years ago, I was in Atlanta doing an event and Damon John was a, was a, a peer speaker to me. We were both yeah. keynote speakers. And um, when I saw what he was being paid, and I saw his writer. Yeah. I saw the number of hotel rooms and, yes. the, and, and the kind of plane he had he had he required. And I'm like, yes. whoa, where the temperature of the water and the meat of yeah. almonds. I'm like, <laughs> we're we're both keynote speakers. We both have the same size audience in this room, and I'm charging, you know, maybe ten. He's getting fifty. Right. It was one of those major moments of right. okay, I have to begin to understand what the clients perceive as value. Then I'll come in with. You know, that additional. Okay. So before you go, because we got to let you go, you have any tips for small business owners who are just starting out and thinking, oh, gee whiz, if I could get more clients fast, what should I do? What do you say? I'll be honest. The answer is not fast. It's slow. Mm. Um, you know, the same adage of someone saying, uh, you know, hire fast, hire, hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. I sign on clients slow and I fire them fast. Yeah. And do that, you can ensure there's a quality. And I think one of the most important things, I was talking with a client of mine recently in their business, or a mentee of mine, understand what it is that you actually can do as a service provider. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we say, I'm a marketer. Okay, what kind of marketing? Right. Like list out exactly what it is functionally that you can do and allow for that to drive, um, you know, what you actually can offer to clients and the price that, that goes with that. Absolutely. Jalen Bledsoe, great to have you on. Thanks for coming on. I know you're in the middle of thank your you. day trying thank to do you. your work and thanks for taking <laughs> out the time. Okay. Appreciate it. Good seeing you all. See you soon. quickly. There are other ways too. Um, And so we're going to pause on the client piece because you know that's central to what we're going to talk about today. But this Forbes article that you see here actually gives us um, about five different ways that you can do it. And I am going to enumerate some of those. Of course, the first one is a banking relationship or you can get investors. Of course, then you are taking on debt. Nothing wrong with it, but you need a plan to get out of that debt. And sometimes that is the death knell for a lot of businesses because they're incurring more expenses than they can keep up with the clientele that they're building and the paying clients and the rate at which they're paying. So that's very, very important. The other thing that you need to know is that 
you can borrow from relatives. Nothing wrong with that. You know, I talk to startup entrepreneurs all the time that have been looking at their IG feeds and seeing what other people are doing. And they are surmising that they are taking on the burden of a small business on their very backs. Now, you can have a lot of savings. You can cash out your stocks. You can use your, um, you know, severance pay. I did that. I used my severance. I cashed out my stock. You need money to make money. Let's first say that, okay? But I always ask my entrepreneurs, what are you doing to pay the bills while you build the business? And sometimes there is this blank stare. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay to take the part-time job. It's okay to take the full-time job. It's okay. In fact, you need to feed your family. You need to make sure you can pay those bills. One thing that it also says in this article is that you can use credit cards. That's another way to go into debt. But again, have a plan. Nothing wrong with doing that. If you know you need to max out your cards to get where you need to go to scale your business, do it, but have a plan to get out. One of the last things that they said here, beyond getting a loan, beyond credit cards, crowdfunding. That is one of the most popular ways these days in the internet age to get more money quickly where you can have small incremental um, donations to your business through the internet and it comes from a lot of people so you build the volume of that revenue and that capital pretty quickly if you have a compelling story to tell. Now don't just expect that you go on GoFundMe or some crowdfunding source and think that just because you appeared that people are going to give. You have to have a compelling story. So now it's time for the 15-minute coach. So today, I'm going to take you through the meat of a presentation that I gave during a webinar for the 30-minute mentor. And if you're interested in that live in that recording, which was recorded live also, it is on the 30minutementor.com on my website. You can click and you can watch it for free. In that webinar, I actually compare my two largest adventures as an entrepreneur. As you know, I'm a serial entrepreneur. And in between there, I was in big global agencies. In between there, I was at a big Fortune 9, and here I am. But that first time around, I was running an agency for about a decade, and I learned some lessons. A lot of it, like I said, I fell into entrepreneurship. I didn't know that I was going to do it. I was freelancing, and the contracts just got bigger. So yes, by all means, I leveraged my capital and revenue from clients to build my company. And yes, I got to seven-figure sales in five years and that was exciting but what if I knew then what I knew now and I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've done to grow my client base by 10x since January of 2019 so there's some basic concepts that you need to think about and if you look on the screen there I talk about it these are all the things that I preach strong relationships okay Authenticity. Look, this has to be true to your story, not anybody else's. If you're in business because such and so is doing X, Y, and Z, and you're into copycatting, look, it's not sustainable. You need to have something that is true to your passion and your superpowers. 
that sustainable. Otherwise, you're going to be up on an uphill battle. Some of the other things that I constantly preach, weapons of mass innovation. And you're going to see where we're going to untangle some of the technology that's going to help you to grow faster. Solid value proposition. Yeah, this is something that goes back to your story, your authentic story. Your value proposition is what problem you solve. And I ask my clients all the time to say it in a sentence. And if you can't say, look, I develop rock star leaders and people know exactly what it is that you're doing. It's talent development at the cross section of strategic communications, rock star leadership. What is it that you do? And I don't want to hear a job title. Then you need to have an awesome story. You know, I talk about how I fell into entrepreneurship after making VP at the age of 30 at a global agency and how I scaled my business to seven figure sales in five years. That's part of my story. Also part of my story, that time that I spent at that fortune nine and the awards that I won in diversity and inclusion in corporate communications. If you have a rich story that is authentic and organic to what you're trying to sell, half the sales process is not that hard because all you have to do is tell your story and if it speaks to the audience you're after, they will gravitate to you and you won't have to chase them. Finally, I have to say tenacity and courage. Small business is not for the faint of heart. It takes a lot of courage and it's not always fun and games and it's not always a bed of roses. Are you willing to continue and continue and continue no matter what? That is the true test of a true entrepreneur. Now, here is concept number one, your service mix. You need to make sure that you have more than one service that you are sharing here. And this is about diversifying. What do I know now that I didn't know then? I was in a PR business. I launched something around media training and media strategy and messaging and I stayed right there in that core. Before long, I actually expanded throughout PR and also into integrated marketing, but that's all I did. This time around, I have a major mix. You've heard me talk about six different brands. Very important to my mix. I do digital content. You heard me talking about webinars. Fit have ebooks. I have cheat sheets. I have things that you can buy on the regular, regular on my website. The other thing, I'm a speaker. You heard me talk to Jalen Bledsoe about that. There are a couple different ways that you can do speaking that are very, very powerful. You can get that fee. That's very important. But there are times when I take a speaking engagement and don't ask for a dime. But that room needs to be full of prospects. People who can say yes after hearing what I have to say and rush me <laughs> on the platform. That's what you want. The next thing that I do, the 30-minute mentor actually has those webinars. But my coaching, executive and business coaching, there's two prongs to that. First is the business coaching, and that's for entrepreneurs. And, of course, the executive coaching, and that is for people in corporate and in the workplace. And then, of course, in there, we got some transitions coaching, people who are trying to move from one to the other, move to other positions, career coaching, you get the picture. There are other lines of revenue in my business. I want you to start to think about how you can diversify, and that's going to help you to grow your clientele fast. The next thing that you need to know 
is about content and consistency. People wonder about this podcast. You know, I started it in October of 2018. We were on the air for about a year in October of 2019. And by the time we'd been on for a year, we'd already shot to the top 10 in business news on Apple Podcasts. How did I do it? I actually got somebody to DM me on Instagram, perfect stranger, who'd heard about me and said, you need to talk to this woman because she's ranking in Apple Podcasts and she was looking for some quick fix. Something that Jalen said that was so important. Yeah, building clientele is slow. My podcast really wasn't built to make money. It can make money and it has made money, but it really was my amplification platform. But my radio mentor, my podcast mentor up in New York City told me this, do one thing, do it consistently and do it over and over and over. And when I told him, I said, oh, I'm going to do seasons, you know, and I'll go off the air and then I'll come back on the air. He told me no, because in radio, 52 weeks is how you climb in the ranks. So guess what I did? I committed to 52 weeks and I did more. You got bonus episodes. You even got the coaching corner, which supports my coaching business and is a funnel for my coaching business. What you need to know about my business is my writing is the core to everything. The content I write for Black Enterprise, the books that I'm writing, it gives me something to speak about. It gives me something to speak about. My speaking gets clients. Do you see how the circular motion works? Yeah. And then my coaching gives me a foundation. My writing gives me my why. So you know that I have a heart for women of color, women, underrepresented groups. And you know what? All the people. I'm all for inclusion. And that's what undergirds my why for my coaching. My content drives my business. Also, automation. Now, this is so important. Technology will separate you from the rest. Especially when you're in startup mode, you may be starting by yourself. You need to get people as soon as you can. And you may not be able to pay them right away. Get student workers, get people who will volunteer that you can pay later. But when you do get that revenue, start to pay them, okay? But technology is important because it's the people and the processes that separate an entrepreneur from a side hustler, from a hustler, from somebody who's living from check to check from someone who is self-employed. Have you ever known the difference? A self-employed person doesn't have the systems, don't have the, the people, and they are working from paycheck to paycheck. An entrepreneur puts the systems and the process and, and the processes and the people in place so that they can grow and scale. Technology is so important for automation. For some people, it scares them, especially in corporate, because they think they're gonna be replaced. Well, in small business, you better replace, okay? It really is about those repetitive processes that you have to do over and over again. And if you do them over and over again, there's it's a time suck. And you don't have time for those higher level strategic things that you need to do. So you find automation on the web and it's cheap. Some of it's free. And you make sure that those processes are automated. These things can go on in your sleep, Okay. Here are a few here, here that I use. I use 17 hats. I have all sorts of automations, whether it's client process, prospecting, making sure that their workflows 
to ensure that emails are going out on time, that invoices are going out on time. I don't want to be bothered with that. I need to be on the road. I need to be speaking and I need to be coaching, right? There are other things. And if you want to see this deck, I'm telling you, go to 30minutementor.com and you can see it there. Okay, targeting. We're going to wrap this up pretty quickly because our time is coming up. Focus. If you don't know who your client is, how will you speak to them? Think about that. How will you know what they want? How will you know how to deliver what they want? That's the only way you got it. You can do this and you've got to target and it's got to be laser. Niche it down. Spear fishing is better odds than casting a broad net. For those of you that don't have a broad presence already, if you don't have a nationally recognized name, if you're not known internationally, if you don't have a big following on Twitter or Facebook, why does it make sense to go hard on social right away? That's another process that takes a while. You want to do it consistently, okay? But spearfishing can get you there. Think about your community. Remember, your community is your power. Your network is your reach. Thank you, Ted Rubin. Shout out to you. Your community is going to do for you very quickly. Your network may not because they don't really know you, right? Okay, so you need to make sure that you are using email. You are picking up the phone and calling people you know, okay? And people who know who can connect you and people that you know who fit your target. One-to-one -one relationship building is very, very important. Again, it takes time, but it's a high return. And if you do it right, you'll go quickly. All of these things together will help you grow your clientele. Collaborate. I have announced a strategic partnership, a formal one, with the PIN Network. That's the Playbook Investor Network. They are a company that allows companies, small businesses to come up through their ranks and get groomed to work with Fortune 500s. Where do I fit in? Well, they're getting groomed. So they're placing them with insurance companies, lawyers and attorneys. They're giving them banking relationships. They're introducing them to investors. And guess what? They're introducing them to a business coach. And that happens to be NSC ex ex Executive and Business Coaching. And I have to be prepared to scale. Don't go into these relationships not prepared with a plan and people ready to go so that you can build your, your business. I need to have, I have to have other coaches that can coach from my point of view, that coach from the same quality, that are certified, that are professional, just like me. Collaborate. There are informal handshakes. There are channel partners that are much more formal. There are contracts and fees that you can put in place for referrals. And then there's that hybrid ambassador from your community. Think influencer, kind of. But people who will get in there and promote you in their circles, okay? And then, finally, work the plan. Concept number six, you need to have a plan. You need to work the plan. And of course, in corporate, we can bring this to our small business folks. You need to have a smart plan. It needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. And there's some other words that you see on the screen that actually help with that acronym. Plan the work and work the plan. Finally, I went from three brands and now I'm at six brands. 
and before the year's over, I'll be at six figures. I've already replaced my income as of October of 2019. I'm well on my way to smashing my goal from the last business that I had. And I hope that you grind and you are epic in your grind and that your receipts and invoices are endless. That is my hope for you. So that's what I have for the 15-minute coach. Again, if you want to see that webinar replayed, you can go to the 30minutementor.com and you'll hear a little bit more about the contrast between my business then and my business now. And you know what? This will be replayed. Let's see if I have anybody in the comments. Not yet. So when you finally view this, use the hashtag replay and also use the hashtag, hashtag TC. SP coaching corner so we'll know and be able to search for you online now the other thing is that I've extended my special three-month coaching for 20% off if you're interested in that you can drop me an email at coaching at lmichellesmith.com if you want to learn more about my businesses what you need to do is go to nosiloscommunications.com if you want to learn more about the Culture Suit Podcast, go to theculturesuit.com. Listen, this will stream this evening as soon as we can get it posted. So listen for it on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, wherever you get your fine podcasts. That's where we're going to be. And this video will be on YouTube immediately following. The other thing that I want to tell you is that on Thursday, we have a special guest, Minda Hartz. Minda is the author of The Memo, which is the namesake of her business. She is an entrepreneur, The Memo LLC. It's how to secure your seat, especially for women of color. Now, this conversation isn't just for women of color, because those of you that are out there that want to help the situation, who are not just advocates, but are wanting to step up and be an accomplice, this conversation is for you too. So that's all we have. Find us online at The Culture Soup, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast, online at theculturesoup.com. Of course, you can follow me on LinkedIn at L. Michelle Smith, and I will see you online. Thanks for joining me. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.